Hi everyone, it's good to see you. If we've never met before, my name is Adam, and I am the long, 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 long tenured lead pastor of Highway Community. And I know you heard me say that joke last week. I'm going to still do it for a while now because it still works. Uh, We are jumping in a new series about Christmas. And if you're newer with us this morning, uh, man, we're so glad you're here. Uh, We have a lot going on, as you just heard, and hopefully you can see our heart to serve this community. That's what we're all about here. Uh, I would love to meet you at some point at the end of the service. I will be at said connections table, and I would love to meet you. Uh, But we're going to jump into this series that we're simply calling He Will Be Called. And this uh, is coming from a verse that tells about the names of Jesus. And it was uh, from a prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before Jesus came that we're going to be studying. And the prophet Isaiah says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, let's all read this out loud together, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so we're going to be looking at these names and getting an understanding of why we worship this person at Christmas season. And I was thinking this week, like, aren't you glad that an angel was the one who told Mary and Joseph what to name their baby? Like, that would be a lot of pressure to name the savior of the world. It's a pressure enough to name kids in this day and age. Like uh, Lori and I had a hard time naming our kids. Lori was an early childhood teacher. And so I would say a name idea and she'd be like, ooh, I had a kid like that in my class. I still have scars from that kid. We can't name that kid. Or she would name one and it'd be a girl's name. It would be like, oh, I dated that girl for a while. And I don't want to ever think about that name again. Uh, it's hard. It's uh, names carry a lot of significance. When I was in junior high, uh, there was uh, uh, these parents that had the last name Davidson, and jokingly they named their son Harley. And the joke's on you, parents, because for the rest of his life, you're going to be paying his therapy bills, right? Uh, Names have significance now, but even more in the ancient day, names provided like a little bit about someone's character, where they were from, or who they were hoped to be. And so we want to study these names of our Savior. And so the first name today is Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor comes from two Hebrew uh, words, Pele and Yoez. Can we all say that out loud together? Pele, Yoez. Pele, Yoez. Pele means beyond words, incomprehensible. And then Yoez means a instructor, one who guides and instructs. So as a way to start today, simple question, is there any part of your life where you would like some guidance? Any part of your life where you could use some instruction and some help. I come from a culture of not asking for help. Uh, Literally, sometimes I'll be like carrying a big piece of plywood for a project. I keep dropping it on my feet and Lori will look over and she'll be like, do you need some help? And I'll be like, no, how dare you? I'm offended by that. Or maybe some of you guys can uh, uh, relate to this. Like if I'm injured and I have a, I'm hurting in my body somewhere, someone will say, hey, maybe you should go to the doctor. I'm like, maybe you should not give me advice. Like, I'll never go to the doctor, right? I don't ask for help. Uh, but every one of us, there comes a day 
when the bubble bursts and something happens and uh, we're in a spot where we need help. That day for me, I've talked about this before, is when my dad passed away. And he was the one who I usually went to for guidance and instruction. And when that day came, I came to this moment where I said the phrase, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And this morning, I wonder, as we start this Christmas season, what area of your life are you asking that question? I don't know what to do. Maybe it's some kind of big decision that you have. Uh, Maybe it is some kind of relational conflict. Maybe in your life, you're just sort of stuck in a rut. And if you're honest this morning, you would say, ah, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go for guidance. Which brings me to my next question. Where do you typically go for guidance? Maybe some of us, hopefully we have an actual counselor or a mentor or a wise friend. But for many of us, even those who call ourselves followers of Jesus, we often go to popular external sources. Uh, We go to influencers or podcasts or something I simply call the royal they. You know what I'm talking about, right? When I say that, they say that sun is now good for you and sunscreen is bad, right? (laughs) They say that uh, fats are now healthy, which means bacon is a health food and sugar is bad. So fruits are bad, which I can get behind that. Like they say that you need uh, 10 hours of sleep per night. Like who are they? That is always my question. I don't know, but they know everything. And to be clear this morning, like I'm pro-external guidance. I'm pro-therapy, pro-counselors, spiritual direction. I'm pro-getting advice from others. But my question is, with all of our sources and availability, does it feel like people are wiser, calmer, more confident, more peaceful than they've ever been? I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. And so what we're going to talk about today is this relevancy that we have in our faith because we have a counselor who goes beyond human uh, counsel, goes beyond natural uh, counseling. It is a supernatural counselor. And so uh, we're about to go back to the Bible. These earlier followers of Jesus, they had this major dilemma. Uh, For many years, they had Jesus physically with him. I don't know if you ever think about this, but to have Jesus with you, sometimes I'm like, I could be a really good Christian if Jesus was with me at all times and I could ask him for help. And they had that. They could walk with him, but then there came a day when he left the earth. And you can imagine how hard and scary this would have been for them. But then Jesus uh, promises them that they would not be alone. This is where we're going to pick up in John chapter 14. We see this. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything. Doesn't that sound good? And remind you of all that I have said to you. So Jesus tells about this advocate, the spirit. Uh, the Greek word here for advocate is paraclete. Paraclete, which means an advisor, a comforter, a consoler, and a helper. 
Jesus says he would be leaving, but the spirit would remain. And in some ways, this was better and even more powerful because this advisor, this paraclete, would be with them wherever they went, wherever they would go. And throughout the book of Acts in the Bible, we see over and over again, this, this new church, these new believers had decisions and conflicts and confusion. And you can imagine how hard it is starting this global church. And over and over again, they didn't make these decisions alone. They had the paraclete. If you look in the book of Acts, the word spirit is used 61 times. Uh, The spirit would bring healing and conversions, but also would guide and instruct these followers. At one point, they had to make a major decision about new believers uh, following Jewish customs. And the apostle Peter says this, the spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. The Spirit guided him in this way. Then as they went on missionary journeys, uh, the Spirit would tell them when to speak or not. And some of you guys can just nudge the person next to you and say, I wish the Spirit would tell you when to speak and not to speak. Uh, Acts 16, we see this. They went uh, through the region of uh, Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. The Holy Spirit guided him in that way. And the Holy Spirit would even guide them on where and where not to go. Again, in Acts 16, when they had come opposite Messiah, they attempted to go into Bethania, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Decisions facing persecution and confusion And over and over again, the Spirit guides and directs and speaks. And this is the history and lineage of our Christian faith. Saints and missionaries uh, were guided. People who built hospitals, served in marginalized communities. Those uh, who adopted orphans would speak and move. These followers of Jesus were never alone. They didn't have to decide things on their own power. They've had a counselor who supernaturally guides them. But what about us? Uh, maybe as you're hearing this, maybe you have some questions, which I have some questions as well. Like, like, really? Do we actually believe that in our day and age, a supernatural spirit of Jesus is just lingering around and can give actual advice? Or maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian and you're saying, see, I told you. These people are crazy (laughs) Uh, because usually crazy people are the ones who say an invisible voice is telling me what to do. I usually stay away from those kind of people. (laughs) Maybe you have some questions of how this actually works. Maybe you're saying, I have no problem taking concrete advice from the Bible, but man, I have a hard time thinking through spiritual advice and wisdom. So for the rest of our time, we're going to talk about how, how we can be counseled, how we can learn to listen uh, to the wonderful counselor. So the first thing, the first thing is this. We have to learn to be authentic. We have to learn to be brutally honest with the counselor. Uh, My moment of crisis that I mentioned earlier when I didn't know what to do, uh, I started meeting with um, a mentor at my church and and I, I started confessing just some of the things I was feeling. And I told this mentor, his name was Dave. I said, uh, I've, I've got a barrier with God. I basically feel nothingness. 
and I've got a lot of pain and anger. And Dave asked me a simple question. He was like, have you talked to God about your pain and your anger? And I hadn't. I hadn't even really thought about it. So he instructed me. He said, go off to a quiet place and just imagine that Jesus is with you and just tell him all of this. So I did. It was new. It was sort of different experience for me. But I got my dad's truck and I just imagined Jesus was next to me. And I just started giving him all of my thoughts. And those thoughts turned into yelling. Those thoughts turned into uh, yelling, turned into cursing and then crying. It was different for me. But over time, I continued this process. I would journal with Jesus. I would take walks and I would just give him all of my thoughts. And it was crazy. Over time, this barrier turned into intimacy. This distance I felt started turning into closeness. I started feeling like Jesus wanted to journey with me through all of my stuff. That's a reality for some of us this morning. We feel like it's hard to connect. We feel like there's a barrier with God. And part of the reason might be because we are hiding things. We're hiding our truths. We're holding back uh, those sins that we have. We are hiding what's really going on. And the reality is intimacy is built on authenticity. Intimacy is built on openness. Some of the best examples we can see of intimacy in the Bible come in the Psalms. Uh, Psalm 31, we can just feel this visceral sense, this authenticity of pain. The psalmist says, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye wastes away from grief, my soul and body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my misery and my bones waste away. You can just feel this authenticity, just brutal honesty of how the psalmist feels. And if we're going to have counsel from this spiritual, supernatural counselor, this is a good place to start. We have to learn to be authentic, to not hide what's really going on. The second thing, this is a big one. The second thing is we have to learn how to listen. We have to learn how to listen. Uh, When I was in college, I had a really smart friend. Uh, He was a pre-med student studying to become a doctor. And he had a hard time connecting and relating to people. And he would uh, often make fun of me because I was a communication major. And he would make fun of my classes because they lacked, in his words, intellectual rigor. Which he was right. Uh, (laughs) And he, he really gave me a hard time when he found out I was signing up for a course simply called listening. (laughs) He exploded with laughter. And I said, uh, maybe I should be the one laughing because you're a horrible listener. And he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, have you ever wondered why you have a hard time connecting with people? You're a really bad listener. So I convinced him miraculously to sign up with the course uh, with me. And I've never felt more affirmed in my entire life when about two weeks into the course, he, he told me, he said, Dude, I never knew there was so much to listening. There's like tools and resources and you can get better. It's like really hard. And then he said to me, he was like, I was wrong. This is a hard class. And I said, ha, (laughs) I knew it. I'm smarter than a doctor. (laughs) But it's true. Like listening is a hard endeavor. It takes work, uh, but that's like human to human listening. How much harder is it for a spiritual, a supernatural relationship? 
Uh, and then for us, we have major disadvantages in our world today. You and I both know this. Like, I love my phone. I'm so thankful for my phone. But I, I think this is the most distracting device ever created in human history. Uh, easily, wherever we are, we get distracted with social media, with news, with notifications. And then on top of that, we live in these suburbs where there's leaf blowers all the time and cars. Some of us have kids who we love, but they're never quiet, ever. <laughs> and so we have this disadvantage of noise at all times. It's a classic story. A lot of you will know this in the Old Testament where this man, Elijah, is instructed by God to go out to the wilderness to hear from him. And there's these three big events that happen in a row. There's an earthquake, a whirlwind, and then a fire. And the Bible says that God was not in those big, loud events. But when God finally spoke to Elijah, uh, the word says uh, he spoke with a gentle whisper. Literally translated, he spoke with the sound of sheer silence. And that's, that's a tough word for us today because many of us claim to want to hear from this wonderful counselor, but we are surrounded by noise. How do we expect to hear this gentle whisper, the sound of sheer silence, when we are constantly, constantly inundated with noise? So for some of us, if we want this counsel and direction, uh, we're going to have to take some intentional steps to get to a silent space might be painful, but some of us are going to have to wake up 30 minutes earlier before everyone else is awake just to be in a quiet house. Uh, some of us night, might need to turn off one of your shows at night and go for a walk without headphones or podcasts. For some of us, as we take our commute, we need to turn off uh, the stereo and we just need to sit in silence with Jesus. This is a part of what it's going to take if we want to hear this guidance and direction. And then the third thing we have to learn to do, we have to learn to take action. We have to learn to do what the counselor says. Uh, I am no professional counselor, but I have counseled with young adults over the years. And uh, it's so infuriating when, when someone comes to me and they ask me for advice, and I finally, maybe I give them a few steps, some things to do. And then they come back the next week, and, and uh, what do they say to me? They, they say, like, I don't know what happened. And I'm like, well, did you do what I asked you to do? And they said, no. Like, I, that's what happened. I told you. I told you. It's infuriating. Uh, there's one guy in particular, he had a pretty toxic relationship and we worked on it for a long time and I would, I would just tell him over and over again, like you need to have this conversation and you need to drop it. And he never did. The relationship continued with toxicity and, and it confuses me. Like, why would you say you want counsel, but you don't actually do what I say? But then that's reality for us with Jesus oftentimes. Oftentimes, some of us in this room, we actually know what Jesus is asking or speaking us to do. Deep in our gut, many of us in this room, we know there's something we need to quit. Or we know something that we need to start. Or maybe we know we need to get help. But it's scary. It's hard. And it's painful. Uh, but we have this legacy and this history of faith where the disciples went out knowing uh, that they had a chance to get persecuted and murdered, and let, yet they felt called by the Spirit to take action. Uh, 
We have people uh, in our past, followers of Jesus, who would have stood up to injustice, even though they knew they could get ostracized or kicked out of their communities. There have been followers of Jesus who have given generously. They've moved to different locations in the world. They've taken a vow of celibacy or poverty. They've devoted their life to serving. And all these things, they knew it was painful, it was hard, it would take courage. But this is the way of Jesus. Because we, we serve a wonderful counselor who didn't just sit on a rock and tell people what to do. He didn't just give people counsel in theory, but this was a wonderful counselor who took action. It was courageous. He knew the difference between just knowing what to do and actually doing it. And so this morning and this week, one of the ways we want to put this into action is we want to practice something uh, called breath prayers. And if you've been around Highway for a while, you might be familiar with what breath prayers are. But there's simply a practice to remind ourselves that the Spirit of Jesus is with us everywhere we go. It's a reminder to slow down, to listen, to become more aware of his presence. And so this week, we're going to invite you to practice these breath prayers. And then we're actually going to practice them this morning. So I'm going to put up on the screen, I've got some examples from today. uh, But you can also come up with some of your own. And so we're going to practice this right now. If you've never done a breath prayer, it's simply a way as you breathe in. uh, You can breathe in and say, wonderful counselor. And as you breathe out, the first one we're going to look at is this concept of authenticity. Just see all of me. So let's actually practice these together this morning. If you want to close your eyes, you can. We're just going to breathe in together. Wonderful counselor. So breathe in. And breathe out. See all of me. Then the next one we're going to Take a a breath in, and then we're simply going to say, whisper to me, a reminder this week to listen, to be silent. So let's breathe in together. Wonderful counselor. And we breathe out, whisper to me. And the final one is a breath prayer this week to remind us and ask this spirit to give us courage. So we're going to breathe in, wonderful counsel, and breathe out, give me courage. So let's breathe in, wonderful counselor, breathe out, give me courage. So Jesus, we come to you as a community that is longing for your guidance. We're longing for instruction and wisdom. So many of us have different kind of questions, concerns, conflicts. This week, as we go about our world, would you teach us that you are with us everywhere we go? Would you teach us how to uh, stop hiding from the things that we want to shove down deep inside? Would you teach us how to get into quiet spaces to get away from the noise and to sit and listen to your voice? And then finally, we need courage. Some of us are being called to some hard and painful things, and it's, we, we just need your help. We need your courage. So Jesus, as we continue to reflect, will you continue to speak to us? It's in Jesus' name we all pray. Amen.